0: Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Season 1 of the TV version of Building the Future is now streaming online at buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome to the show, today we have Andrew from Andronium, makers of the Superbook. Andrew, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me uh, Kevin, excited to be on the show.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually really excited to have you on the show. I think what you guys are doing is, is really interesting. The funny thing to me is I kind of followed your original Kickstarter and then, you know, obviously I've been following your, your latest Kickstarter and how successful it is. But maybe before we kind of get into exactly what you guys are doing, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, originally born in Shanghai, but uh, I grew up in a little town in Pennsylvania uh, called McKenzie.
0: Okay, so how did what, at what age did you move from China to America?
1: Uh, around six and a half. Both uh, okay. Both my parents were, were engineers uh, and my dad came here to pursue his master's.
0: Got you. Okay, very cool. So you obviously went to high school, you know, you went to university. What did you end up taking in university?
1: Uh, so I, I went to school, uh, you know, I, it's almost a little embarrassing now, but mostly for finance and economics, uh, and, and I, I spent a couple of years uh, on Wall Street, um, picked up programming while I was uh, working at a, uh, a private equity
0: fund okay. and started building apps. H- how so, did you come but... to pick up programming in, in the financial world?
1: <laughs> well, my, my dad, when I was younger, uh, was, I, I guess, a little sadistic. When Whenever I wanted to use computer, I could only use it for learning programming. So I already had a little bit of a, you know, kind of the basics of it. Um, and I really got into web development because I had, you know, uh, when, you're, when you're in a, uh, uh, you know, a job that you don't really particularly love, you look for other ways to express your, your creativity and things that you want to do. So on weekends, I would learn how to program websites, uh, and that led to developing a couple apps for, uh, for the city of New York. Um, and then I fell in love with the process of people, you know, using something that you built. Uh, it was pretty addicting.
0: Sure, no, I, I totally get that. Um, that's kind of why I love the industry, so I, I totally get that. So at what point did you kind of leave Wall Street and you know, kind of go into actually doing your own thing and kind of how did your first kind of Kickstarter come to be?
1: Yeah, I mean, our you know originally the idea uh, you know, came from my, my co-founder, Gordon was at Google. Uh, and, and wanted to do this as a 20% project within Google, gotcha. um, and the, the company, of course, turned it down. Um, they're, they're really invested in building up their, you know, their, their Chrome OS and Chromebook path. Um, and the original Kickstarter that you know that we put together really didn't do that well, partially because the product was a little bit limited. Um, so we launched a dock at okay. the end of 2014 that only worked with a couple phones. Um, but outside of that, we, we kind of just put it on the Internet and said, hey, you know, check this thing out. It's kind of cool. Um, but Kickstarter was, was mature enough, even at the end of 2014, that, you know, if you didn't put preparation and work into your campaign, um, you know, you wouldn't really get that much of a result.
0: Sure. Okay. No, that that makes sense. So you you guys put this on Kickstarter. You weren't funded, sadly. And then kind of what what did you guys do once – that campaign kind of ended.
1: Uh, you know, wallow in, in self sure. pity, pity for a while, <laughs> and, then, and then, to be honest, like one of the best things that we gained out of the first uh, the failed experience was a community of people that really loved what we were doing. Um, you know, you're, we were able to uh, continue sending messages to them, build a community, and we we launched our app, our software. Um, that allows any Android phone uh, to turn into a kind of desktop interface. Uh, We built up, you know, actually a pretty decent user base. because People were just really excited about what we were doing and spent the last year and a half, you know, both building the Superbook product but also honing that community, getting their feedback, and really figuring out what were the things that didn't make the first product as attractive. Um, Outside of at this time, we spent a lot of time preparing for the campaign, um, you know, everything from building up a mailing list to reaching out to folks, um, engaging our community, and really spending a lot of time making the campaign look good.
0: Sure. So, okay, you mentioned kind of building up a, a mailing list, but what else did you guys do to kind of prepare for your second Kickstarter?
1: Yeah, I mean, this time around, we've, I would say we did a lot of things. Um, you know, we, we did everything from engaging in uh, Reddit AMAs. So if you look at the Android community, which is our, I mean, that's our home. Right? Sure. Um, there's a community of people online that really, really love Android and love the things that you can do with the Android operating system. You know, we put an AMA up. We also put up a few posts, and people were really willing to engage with us because we were excited about what we were doing. Um, We also went out, we spoke to people, we ran, you know, we ran some Facebook ads and we tried to engage, I would say, the right people. Um, And then finally, this time, you'll notice uh, our video looks a lot nicer than the last one um, because everyone knows Kickstarter, the video is probably the most important thing.
0: Sure. No, I I totally agree. So, you basically have, and and I've tried it and I've played with it, um, the... You have an app that basically turns your phone into a full blown OS and you can kind of run Android apps and um, your apps kind of together. And then you know, you can either cast the TV or you can buy a cable to plug your phone into your TV and then you Bluetooth a keyboard and mouse to actually use your Android app. And I think that's really cool. And I've been using it quite a bit actually um, just at home and whatnot. But what I think is really, really cool and why I really wanted to have you on the show is the Superbook. So instead of me telling people what the Superbook is, what exactly is the Superbook?
1: Sure, sure. So the Superbook is basically our response to our users hacking together their own configurations, as you mentioned, and going, well, this is kind of a hassle. So what the Superbook is, it's a laptop shell. It turns your Android smartphone into a complete laptop. It has, you know, 11.6-inch screen, keyboard, trackpad, a big old battery that can also charge your phone, um, as well as power the Superbook, and provides you with a plug-and-play solution so that you don't have to go through the hassle of hacking together a bunch of different things to use, use your smartphone as a uh, as a laptop.
0: Sure, and and I love that concept. Just for, for people that don't know, basically, you, you plug your phone into like almost like a dummy laptop shell and then your phone powers your laptop and it's from well, obviously like you guys are you're on Kickstarter right now um, you guys blew your goal out of the water within what like a few hours
1: I think we yeah we uh, we hit our goal uh, 10 minutes after our launch right. um, and then an hour in, we were uh, I think we were over 300% funded uh, the 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 response has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we, we weren't expecting it. In fact, when we originally launched it, we had this little checklist of, okay, here are all the things that we need to do. We need to reach out to these folks. We need to, you know, send an email to these people. We need to launch on, you know, product hunts or Reddit, get, get people excited, you know, right after we launched. But we couldn't do any of that because immediately we had to respond to, like, a ton of questions and, and messages on Kickstarter. Um, we were so overwhelmed by the whole thing. The, the first day was, definitely um, extremely
0: unexpected. Yeah, and, and just for the people um, listening, you guys asked for $50,000 and you're days into the campaign and you're almost at $1.5 million and you'll probably hit that closer today. Like I have the Kickstarter up as we're talking right now and the the number <laughs> keeps growing, the backers keep growing, you know, You and you have 17 days left to go, which is, you know, crazy. And you just mentioned how many comments you've had to write to. There's over 2,100 comments, right? So like this has been a huge success for you guys. And I, I think like for me, I've been looking for something like this for a long period of time and I haven't given any money because actually my credit card got hacked and uh, well, not hacked. Sorry. They, it got compromised and they've actually, I'm getting, i waiting for a new credit card in the mail, but I've been okay. looking for this and the fact that you guys have, you basically are turning my smartphone into a laptop is, I I love that idea, right? And I I think it's super cool because most people nowadays um, don't really need a full-blown laptop. And you guys are doing this for $99, correct? Or or that's kind of the goal? Yeah, yeah, $99. And, you
1: know, I think most people nowadays they'll use their smartphones for, you know, 80%, 90% of the main computing things they need to do, right? Totally. Browsing the Internet, watching videos, taking photos, all that stuff. And really the things that you end up using your laptop for are, are, are honestly the same things that, that most people do, like browsing the Internet, watching, like, larger form videos, um, really anything that has to do with, uh, you know, either, either productive uh, learning work or for entertainment. And simply what we wanted to provide was that experience where you can extend all of the apps and data that you already have on your phone, uh, but just in that larger, more convenient form factor, and of course take it out of the the mobile interface and move it towards one that people are, are very familiar with.
0: Sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And and people can go to getsuperbook.com. right now. It redirects to your Kickstarter campaign. But you, you did have a website up, and I'm assuming that once um, the Kickstarter campaign's over, you'll go back to that website. Correct? Yeah,
1: absolutely. We've been uh again this, this whole process. You know, we are not uh, we are not Kickstarter pros. Sure. Although now people are reaching out to us asking for advice. But really, all we did was we went to a lot of the people that are in our network that knew a lot about the process and took all of their advice because we we're, you know, again, filled once and we're kind of very new to this, um, but one of the things, you know, advice, of course, was just redirect it directly to the campaign page, that's the only thing that matters uh, right. during this process.
0: Yeah, no, that's totally fair. So I- I'm curious then, let's kind of get into exactly what the Superbook can do, just for the listener, like, I- obviously, like, I understand you plug your phone into this laptop shell, you get this interface that you can it looks like a desktop interface but what exactly can people kind of do with the Superbook?
1: Sure, uh, so you know on the Superbook you really can do uh, pretty much everything that you already can do on your
0: smartphone
1: okay. um, except with a larger interface so you can use pretty much every single Android app that you have. Um, you have access to the Play Store we have a couple native apps ourselves like A really nice desktop-class browser, um, you know, media players, of course. But you can do pretty much anything. Writing documents, like Microsoft Office apps, work on the Superbook. Um, So you can, you know, work on spreadsheets, PowerPoint, whatnot. You can code on the Superbook. In fact, we were just for fun coding some parts of Andromium directly on the Superbook. Um, And you know, everything from playing games to you know watching movies. uh, It basically extends. Think of it as a pure extension of your existing smartphone. Um, and then, because of the technology that we work with, we use a uh, display conversion chip called uh, DisplayLink. Okay. It, it also works with many other computers that you might have. So, you know, we have a video of, uh, of this on our campaign page. Um, but you can plug the Superbook into a, uh, a Windows tablet, say, say a Surface, and it turns it into an instant dual-screen laptop. Um, you can actually plug it into a headless pc, or one of those pc sticks and have a you know working laptop with the pc stick um, same thing with uh, with regular laptops as well. So it's kind of like a, a neat utility tool for kind of extending whatever computer you have. However, our primary use case is being able to turn Android smartphones into the complete laptop solution.
0: Sure, no, that makes a lot of sense and And the thing that I think is interesting to me about what you guys are doing as well is you guys have modified the keyboard to work with Android where, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you can Bluetooth a keyboard and mouse to Android. That's not new. That's been around for a long period of time. But you don't really know which keys are what, right? You kind of have to figure that out. And you guys have kind of solved that problem as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, I think um, a lot of people said to us, well, I can get the same thing if I cast my phone yeah. on the largest Screen. I use a Bluetooth mouse and keyboard, you know, wh- wh- what makes the Superbook unique? And one of the things that is obvious the second that you use a Bluetooth uh, and, and, and casting configuration versus everything that's pure USB is that there's no lag.
0: Yeah. Totally.
1: You use, you use our product and it just works. Um, the, you know, it doesn't take, there's no lag on the screen, there's no lag in the input, and on our keyboard, we've actually made custom Android Buttons, so you know, your home, your navigation, your you know your back button are all there, mapped directly to what you're, you're familiar with on your Android device.
0: Sure, that makes sense. And I think the other thing to kind of mention again is, you're basically using your data or your Wi-Fi or whatnot from your phone, correct? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. You have access to the Bluetooth, the Wi-Fi, the uh, the data that's already on your phone. You don't have to tether. So, you know, people with tethering limitations on their phone plans don't have to worry because it's actually run off the phone. Right. You have all of the flexibility of your mobile phone with the form factor of the laptop. Yeah.
0: Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. I, I just wanted to clarify that. So, when can I get one or when do you guys plan on shipping these to your backers?
1: Yeah. So, so we aren't able to start production until we know the final numbers. Sure. Um, so, that should be at the end of August. And the goal is to get everyone their Superbook by February with some early backers getting theirs by late January.
0: Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. And then I'm assuming once you get all your backers, then, then you'll kind of go on sale to the general public for last, lack of a better term?
1: Uh, yep, yep. Um, you know, obviously right now, uh, juggling a lot of things. But one of the things that we want to make sure we provide is a good retail option as well. Um, sure. So, Putting it on uh, on e-commerce sites uh, and making it available to, uh,
0: to all consumers. No, that that makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious to know. Um, walk me through a little bit of the prototyping stage for this thing, because I'm assuming obviously you you, you basically created something out of nothing. Um, you had to, you know, probably find some existing components, but you. It sounds like you had to kind of make your own or at least kind of conceptualize building this prototype because nobody's kind of really done this before, so you obviously had to kind of come up with some new components yourself.
1: Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we worked with uh, were, were off-the-shelf parts. Okay. It's really just a new configuration of it and figuring out how to work with a fairly newer technology. Um, the one thing that makes, I would say, our, our, you know, our, our product unique, and, and by the way, uh, laptops have you know, been made for forever. They're, they're large manufacturers, uh, contract manufacturers for laptops. Um, so one thing that's kind of unique about us is using DisplayLink, um, wh- you know, which, again, allowed all this to happen over USB. Right. It, it does require some, you know, <laughs> Android as as far as, uh, as um, you know, common as it's supposed to be still runs into a lot of fragmentation issues. So yeah. we've got to do a lot of work to make sure it works with, but all modern Android devices. Um, and that, I think, the, the little bits of uh, testing and making sure the software works throughout most like environments probably was the hardest part.
0: Oh, interesting. Not even the hardware. Interesting. Well, the, hard,
1: the hardware was hard. Uh, sure. Don't get me wrong. You know, hardware has a unique, uh, <laughs> fragile, You know, if you plug in the wrong thing at the wrong time, there goes $1,500 of components that you just paid for it. Um, Which has happened once.
0: Um,
1: But, you know, software, I I would say the software probably is the biggest challenge here. Because when you think about it, the technology for displaying, uh, you know, information from your phone does exist to to one sort or another. And the biggest thing that I think has been missing is just a really great software experience. Honestly, when we, you know, want to port over a laptop environment from our phone, We expect a lot. We expect the same kinds of performance that we get off of a a regular laptop.
0: No, that that totally makes sense. So maybe walk me through a little bit of how did you, like, what exactly is the software? Like, is it Linux? Is it, what is it exactly kind of in the back end?
1: On the back end, you know, Andromium is, uh, (laughs) I would say it's almost like a new classification of, of apps. Okay. An Android, it's a OS extender. Okay. Um, you know, essentially, what it does is it kind of wraps around your existing Android operating system, provides you with, you know, a, some enhanced capabilities. Um, it still runs a lot off of the existing capabilities of your phone, um, but just gives it things like, you know, uh, a new form factor to, to see your apps in. Um, our SDK allows you to do things like, you know, um, uh, have. Apps that open in multi window mode, uh, resizable and scaling um, for apps, as well as things like uh, you know having a notification center, a task bar, being able to search for things. I think a lot of those things are inherently somewhat possible within Android, but just not put together in a way that makes it really, really convenient and of course, we add a bunch of additional uh, capability on top
0: Got you, okay, so right now, if people want to try out andronium. They just go to the Google Play Store, search for it, install it like an app, um, and then just launch it, and then you can play with it, and it works okay on a phone. Um, You know, I have a Nexus 6P, and it it runs fine on there, Um, but the real power of it is actually connecting it to a TV, either, you know, if you want to try it, like, today, you you connect it to the TV, or you can cast it to your TV. Um, I've tried both. Both work, you know, fine. Um, You know, just... And then you just keep a Bluetooth, a keyboard, and mouse to it, uh, and you know you can play around with it, right? And that and that's kind of how I've played with it right now, you know. And I'm, I'm looking forward to actually getting one of one of your super books and uh, actually, you know, playing with it that way, right? Because I think that's where the real power is with the, with your platform.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll tell you, we, <clears throat> you know, we we've played with our our own software both before we had the the hardware and, and after. And having the tightness of, of, of USD uh, makes all the difference in the world. Like any, any lag in a desktop uh, or a laptop environment, you'll notice that. Um, sure. And that's what we're trying to avoid.
0: No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and so you, you kind of mentioned you guys have an SDK and you kind of covered a little bit about what that is, but what else are you guys kind of doing for developers um, that kind of want to get involved in the project?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously the SDK is really important. Um, we want to let Android developers be able to have a really lightweight library that you put into their own apps to make it work really well. Both in, uh, both with, uh, you know, Andromium but also, you know, I think one of the capabilities that our library provides is it actually makes it really easy to port your app over or get it ready for Android N. Um, and Android sure. N provides, you know, Nougat provides a lot of additional functionality um, that I think most app developers one are going to love, but the two are not going to enjoy it because they have to do a lot of work to take advantage of them. Um, I think that's part of where we where we come in. Additionally, you know, we've been we've been having preliminary conversations with uh, app developers and software companies that really love the idea of building in functionality directly into the desktop. So, you know, <clears throat> this is a little bit more conceptualized, but imagine, you know imagine the future where, you know, if you are a, uh, a freelancer, right? If you're uh, a remote worker that does um, design work or does, you know, software development work, yeah. uh, and you take small contracts, having those jobs appear right in your desktop. Oh,
0: not, interesting. Having to open it,
1: not having to do much, and, and, and having those jobs linked to the right software, sure. right? And for the, the data that you need to get started to go directly from your desktop to the software application and open up automatically, so you don't have to do all of the logistical setup work, um, you know, con- like get you know, bidding for for jobs or getting all the stuff that I think most people that are knowledge workers, most people that are contractors actually really hate doing. Um, we sure. want to make that process, you know, potentially we can make that process really really tight by having uh, an experience that's kind of wholly owned directly within the, uh, the desktop interface.
0: Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So other than kind of working with developers to improve the platform, um, where do you guys kind of see this going? Because, you know, you're dabbling, you're obviously in the hardware space. And then with Andronium, you're in the kind of software space. So like, where do you kind of see this going? Yeah, I
1: mean, I, God, I know, that's a really great question that, you know, we've talked about in, in many different ways. Um, you know, what we hope in the future, in the future we're trying to build is one where everyone has a, a personal computer, right? They, they have their smartphone. It's the one computer that they upgrade regularly, um, you know, as new technology comes out. It's the one computer that is kind of that point of connection to, to everything. And we're building a series of, you know, peripherals that help make your, makes your smartphone a lot more than it currently is, and, and whether that's both on the is you know, the hardware side of, of providing things that you can kind of attach your, your smartphone into, right? Kind of like buying a monitor, an external monitor for your laptop, um, or or you know what have you, but also on the software side, we want to build the the software that allows your operating system to fit your your life and your purpose. Right, rather the other way around. I think sure. that's what's happening right now is people are trying to get their mobile phones to kind of work with their configurations or their needs. Um, we want to get to the point where the operating system is simply something that enhances your particular situation.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense, and I, I think the other thing too is like your probably biggest competitor is almost the Chromebook you know, and, and you're, you're cheaper than the cheapest Chromebook, and the cheapest Chromebook is garbage, in, in my opinion. But the thing that's really interesting about what you guys are doing is I think not everybody right now, and I've interviewed people on the show that talk about this, is part of the problem is is in homes, especially maybe in, in poorer, poorer neighborhoods or, or whatnot, is they, they probably have a cell phone or a smartphone in the home but they don't have, you know, a tablet or a laptop or something to really enjoy or fully get the internet on a big screen. And I think your guys' product is affordable enough that you guys can really make a huge dent in kind of the education space um, within kind of North America and beyond. And I also think even in kind of other countries outside of North America where the only way they connect to the internet is through their phone, right? And you're basically giving them an external keyboard and monitor that happens to be in a laptop form factor where they could access content through their smartphone on a big screen. And I think you guys are solving a real problem outside in North America, well, and in North America, but I think you will probably see a lot of growth outside of North America in kind of emerging markets, because I think they've been crying for exactly what you guys are doing. And I think people have taken cracks at this, but the fact that you're leveraging Google's infrastructure and app store is, is huge and nobody's done this before.
1: Uh, No, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're really excited about that. Um, you know, I think, I think the, the affordability of it, I think leveraging their existing smart content and most people you know, until you step out um, into, into the developing world, you don't realize just how much people rely on their smartphones and how many of them are Android devices. I mean, we're, we're you know, in, in markets where pretty much 100% of the devices are Android-based. And, you know, some of them are pretty powerful. Some of them are, are not quite as much. But they can all do so much more than, you know, the, the laptops and computers that most people have access to, which is extremely, extremely limited. And you know, one of my favorite things that we did with this campaign, working uh, with the, uh, the the Nelson uh, Mandela School Library Project, to be able to provide donations of the superbook directly to pilot schools in South Africa. That's and, awesome! And you know, they they have so many donations of, of smartphones, right? And, and and you know, there's so many smartphones now that it, it's really easy to be able to donate them. But for for a kid, you know, who's who's learning things, who's engaging with content. You know, looking at things on a small screen and trying to use, you know, uh, I would say just be limited touch on what you can do is so incredibly limiting. Um, and we're really, really excited to be able to essentially provide the missing key to be able to access a lot more um, in that educational environment.
0: Yeah, no I, I i totally I totally agree with you. And I, I think that's one thing that I think a lot of people, kind of like you mentioned, forget about. Right? Is that not everybody can afford the latest, greatest smartphone? Never mind, even a laptop, right? And I think you guys mm-hmm. are kind of bridging that gap, and I, I love that. And I would assume that at some point you might build a touchscreen version.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> one of the. Uh, as I mentioned, every you know the last time we did our Kickstarter, we got a lot of feedback on what people really want, right? Sure. Or what what features people requested. Um, and touchscreen was the you know. Uh, was the number one request that we got? Um, you know, uh, you know, we, we heard everything from make it larger, you know, make make the battery life last a lot longer. You sure. know, add backlit keys, but touch screen seems to be the thing. And and we totally understand that too. By the way, um, we wanted to be able to provide a product that was affordable. And so for you know for ninety nine dollars, uh, touch screen was out of the equation. Sure. But you, you know, we think about our audience, and we think about our audience growing up mobile first and touch first um we're, we're definitely going to add it in uh, in
0: a future version of the product. Yeah, and I, I could definitely see you guys even going with with a few versions, right? You have like a base model that's not touch screen and then maybe you have a bigger screen and then maybe you have a bigger screen with touch. I I don't know. You, there's a million combinations, right? And I think you guys are pretty early on in this, you know, you're you're only like a couple weeks in from this thing being obviously, probably way more successful than you guys thought it would be i'm i 'm sure you thought it would be successful, but you- you couldn't have realized that you guys wanted fifty thousand and now you're almost at one point five million there's no way you guys could have predicted that it was going to be as successful as it's it, it's been so you know obviously you know somebody like myself or others can throw out yeah, I would have loved to have touch or this and that but you know, you guys set a price point, a, a very affordable price point. You know, you put it out there, and you can build other versions of, of the hardware, you know, once you guys meet this first kind of round.
1: That, that's absolutely right. And, and our team, you know, I'm, I'm off to China tomorrow because we are, you know, dedicated to making sure that this comes out correct. Sure. This comes out on time, and this comes out as a quality product that people are going to, uh, people are really going to enjoy it
0: sure and the the other thing too is like i have a chromebook pixel and it's obviously touch screen and until android apps and i know they're they're rolling out to uh, chromebooks right now but i never use the touch screen and unless you build kind of a touch screen that you can bend almost like totally flat it's still not there yet right so i think in theory people think touch screen is fantastic but until kind of OS and apps actually catch up and actually make them touch screen kind of friendly, for lack of a better term. It sounds better than it actually is in reality. And so I think the fact that you guys didn't do that right now, I still think we're about a year out from, you know, Android kind of supporting touch screen on a large screen actually properly. We're probably about a year out. So I think... Yeah, people might want it, but I think the timing for when you guys—if you guys roll out a touchscreen in in 2017—I think people are going to be a lot more happy then than if you did it today. Anyway.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, you're you're right on point. I think uh, you know when we were evaluating what we wanted to include. By the way, touchscreen touch is totally doable. It's yeah. not a matter of, of whether it's possible. It's really just a matter of what is the what is the right amount of uh, you know features to include in a product at what price uh, and, and certainly you know, I, I can imagine us uh, you know very quickly you know in the next year putting out a touch screen based product. You're absolutely right like if there's no good use case for a touch screen you know if our product's not designed to be you know essentially used like a like a tablet or there are ads that you know work better with touch screen it, there's no need for us to put it in right now however that being said a lot of people have now suggested, hey, like you know, touchscreen would be great if I wanted to use this for, let's say, you know, at a hospital or sure. at on a you know in a in a manufacturing site, and we can certainly see the purpose for it. Um, you know, we hope to be able to introduce a lot more in the future.
0: No, I I think that's great, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense, and but I, but I also think that's kind of why I keep why I brought it up is I, I I think that's almost like a a good thing to kind of stress to people is you. You didn't include everything that people requested because of you know, a, a different a number of reasons, right? And I think that's super important that it doesn't need to have every bell and kind of whistle as version one, right? And I think we, we, we often make that mistake kind of on the software side and the hardware side, where we try to cram so much into something. And then obviously we have to sacrifice something. Either it's more money or it takes more time or it's not as good as it could be. I I love what you guys are doing is you're you're focused. You cut some things that, you know, some people might want today, but you guys are just like, you know, maybe we'll roll that out into a version two of this thing. And I, I think that's super important. And not a lot of people, I think people are starting to get it, but... People still kind of struggle with where to cut the feature set, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that also is you know, it's uh, we don't want to we don't want to obviously spend a lot of our time telling our our users about the our backers about the complexities of manufacturing, sure. the trade-offs that we have to make. Uh, we, we try to share it as much as we can, um, but yeah, it, obviously, you know, for for us and especially for for startup. The more that we try to to divide off, the harder it will be to uh, well, to choose. Sure.
0: And and you mentioned you're going to China tomorrow. So I'm I'm curious to know for, for people that have never been and never kind of been through the hardware process, like what exactly are you going to be doing there to to kind of get the Superbook ready for kind of mass production? Because I understand you have prototypes and you've actually you have a physical copy yourself. But how, what exactly are you going to be doing while you're in China?
1: Uh, You know, a lot of vendor visits, manufacturing, uh, contract manufacturer visits, uh, we have a lot of, you know, we have a couple contract manufacturers lined up, um, you know, so we want to make sure that everything looks good. And there's no substitute to building a good relationship with the people that you're working with as well as checking out, you know, what are the things you could be doing. Um, Quite frankly, you know, one of the hardest parts about manufacturing overseas is, being able to be in touch with the process um, and and expecting you know early before they go wrong, uh, that's one of the things we want to make sure doesn't happen in this process. We can deliver a quality again quality product um, on time to our backers.
0: Sure. No, that that makes a lot of sense. So, how did you find a manufacturer in China? Did you did you know somebody or or how did you kind of go about that process?
1: Uh, you know, we reached out to, we didn't know anyone. Uh, to be perfectly honest, we, okay. we are, are we're really, really poorly connected uh, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of content manufacturers. We just reached out to a lot of people, um, you know, that made manu- uh, that made laptops, um, you know, got a lot of people to respond, engage with them a lot. And right now, we're, we're actually using a firm, uh, Dragon Innovation, which has helped a, a, a lot of uh, hardware kickstarters and hardware companies go through the manufacturing process, you know, we're doing so much right now, software, hardware, developer community building, um, and of course support for the the Kickstarter campaign such that any support that we can get from an experienced hand that's done this you know, multiple, multiple times, we're, we'll, we'll gladly take.
0: Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So we're kind of coming to the end of the show. Um, do you want to maybe kind of close the show with, again, maybe just quickly summarizing exactly what the Superbook is? and where they can go support the Kickstarter?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, we're Andromium. We make the Superbook. Uh, It's a laptop shell uh, that turns your Android smartphone into a complete laptop solution. Um, You can find us either on the website at getsuperbook.com or on Kickstarter uh, and search for Superbook.
0: Andrew, thanks again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on the show. I look forward to you know, following the rest of the campaign and actually getting one of these in my hands and, you know, have a great trip in China and I hope we can keep in touch, you know, while you're there and kind of once you're back. And, you know, I, I, I love the product and what you guys are doing and I think it's much needed.
1: Kevin, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it, you know, this is great. And absolutely, we'll, uh, we'll definitely keep you in touch and hopefully you can get your hands on one
0: soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. All right, well, uh, we'll talk soon. All
1: right. Thank okay,
0: you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep them in the future.